I feel like sometimes I'm like accidentally kind of like whack on the pod. And I think like because I knew you whenever I was so young, um, like my shitsterness comes out from the past. <laughs> Welcome to All My Friends Are English Majors, the podcast where I, a business major, make my friends, almost all English majors, read popular fiction with me. This month, I do not have an English major on, for shame, but um, my friend Emma is on and we're talking about old flame romances. Hi, Emma. Hi. Oh my gosh. I guess I shouldn't ask if anything has changed in the last week. A lot has changed in the last (laughs) week. But none of it is, like, profoundly. None of it is, um, funny podcast fodder. No, but it is on theme <laughs> for the month. All of all of these books have been about grief. Yeah, that's And I've true. gotten a fair dose of that. Ugh. I'm sorry. It's okay. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this is my last week of working six days. And I'm so that's stoked awesome. about it. My manager is leaving. Well, I guess she's the assistant manager now. It was a whole thing. But she gave me all her family tree clothes. I have now. I knew as soon as I spent money on family tree clothes, I would, like, somehow get a ton of clothes for free. I now have, like, eight family tree nursery sweatshirts and, like, probably, like, 12 family tree nursery shirts. I think I'm going to keep the best ones and give the rest of them to my other coworkers. Um, share the wealth That's a little generous. bit. Yeah. Having that many sweatshirts is really nice. Yeah. One of them is this crew neck that I absolutely am coveting that other people had. But some of them are shirts that are definitely for like the 14 year old girls who work there. Because I tried one on, and I swear to God, it's a women's, like, women's fit extra, extra small. Ew. My boobs have never looked so big in my life. <laughs> That's really saying something, because I didn't think those things existed. That is so rude, Emma! <laughs> that is really dumb! The pot calling the kettle black! <laughs> That's why I thought I could say it. Oh, yeah, that's fair. No, I have been on hormonal birth control for long enough that they have gotten bigger. So okay, I don't, I don't even wear a bra anymore. I'll be real. I've started wearing. I found this like old women shapewear shirt at Goodwill, and so I just wear this like tank top underneath all my clothes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like it's it's really like that. One. I think it's, like, obvious when I'm not wearing a bra, and I, like, do a lot of physical labor, so I can't just have those things, like, swinging around. Um, That's so fair. But I also, we use, like, radios at work. Like, everyone has a walkie-talkie, and I find that I cannot process what is happening on the walkie-talkie if it is in my waistband. I have to have it, like, hooked up on my shoulder by my ear. And so if I didn't have a bra on, I, like, couldn't hook the radio up there, and then I would be just, like, the worst communicator in the store. 
Yeah, I could not do that. I mute my I mute my radio a lot because there are people who are like way too loud and I literally cannot process auditorily what is going on. If I'm like I'm the same way talking to a customer and the radio is yelling at me and like there's just there's too much happening sometimes and I'm like okay one of these things has to go right now. That's part of why I didn't like working at Big Jewels because we had a radio and, like, there were, like, a million animals there, and people were, like, telling you important information, and you would get in huge trouble if you said anything, like, like emergency-wise with the animals. Like, one time a zebra was bleeding or something, and I said over the radio, like, oh, a zebra's bleeding, what do I do? And I got in trouble, because, like, if a guest hears that, then that makes them sound bad. But, oh. like, for real, what do, what do I do? <laughs> Well, like, because I can't go in there. These radios can go to private. So, like, if I said, like, hey, Emma, and you responded, I could, like, click a little button and then only we could hear each other, which is kind of nice. Oh, that is super nice. Because it makes, like, problem solving a lot easier. So, like, if there was a bleeding zebra, I could be like, hey, boss man, and he could respond, and then you could go to private and you could be like, hey, a zebra is bleeding. I need your help right now. That's really high tech. I didn't know that they were, like, innovating in walkie-talkie technology like that. <laughs> I have often thought, like, it's often very slippery it's because it's we water all the time or it's raining. And sometimes I'll be, like, pulling a cart or I'll be, like, like, today it was, like, really backed up on the, on the place where we received trucks. And I was, like, helping get heavy carts like down the ramp and it was wet and I was in my tennis shoes and usually when something weighs a lot more than me and it's on wheels I'll like brace my whole body weight against it for as long as I can and then I'll kind of get it by a corner and let it run me the direction I want to go because eventually like I don't have the mass to stop a cart that's really heavy this is just incredible stuff but I'm often thinking about <laughs> if I was, like, by myself with a heavy cart and if it, like, knocked me over. Like, if I would just call for a manager over the radio on a public channel or if I would, like, be calm enough to, like, call them and then go to private and be like, hey, you need to come here right fucking now. Like, and I still don't know what I would do. I think it would be situational dependent. I think personally I would do the all channel thing, but I kind of like attention. See, so. and I don't really want to be a spectacle at work at all. That is fair. That's so fair. And also, I don't really want to broadcast, like, the radios can be really loud. I really don't want to broadcast to, like, not just every employee, but, like, God, like, half the fucking customers at the store that, like, an employee went down and, like, needs yeah. help. Like, that ain't it. <laughs> I think it would depend on the severity of it. Because, like, if it was minor and I just needed, like, a little bit of help, like, I would just, I would do the private, like, whatever. But if I really needed help immediately, like, it would be, like, a 911, like, anyone come help me. Like, I don't care if it's a customer or whatever. I'm, like, really, really scared of pulling a cart around. I feel like you're picturing a shopping cart, but it's, like tall, skinny, like, greenhouse carts on four wheels. They're, like, not super easy to tip over, but they're not impossible to tip over. And I, like, live in fear that one is going to tip over on me. Like, that's oh, what I'm that. scared of. 
Because, like, some people who I work with, like, well, a lot of people are a lot bigger than me. But, like, some people are, like, really haphazard with the way they move the carts around because they don't have to be as intentional with it because they just, like, weigh more than I do. And they're just, like, flinging them around and sometimes I think are not looking very closely at their surroundings. And I'm like, homie, you're going to kill someone. Like, it might be me. Mm-hmm. So, I digress. But I do think often about, like, <laughs> what would happen if I was in, like, a serious injury situation at work. Because I sometimes feel like I'm, like, closer to getting gravely injured at work than I am, like, being safe at work. Hee hee, maybe I should get a new job. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and I are looking at apartments closer to work, and I would be able to bike commute, which would be awesome. Oh, that's my dream. It's my dream, too. But then I said that to Bailey and Annie, and they were like, uh, don't you need to quit your job? Yeah, that's what happened <laughs> with my sister. She rented an apartment right by her work um, in Moscow Mills, which is, like, in the middle of nowhere. And then she got a job. She quit her job, like, right after that and got a new job in Cottleville, which is, like, 40 minutes away. <laughs> oh, no. So. Oh, no. Don't I'll text. Do that. I'll text Sam. We just need to stay in Kansas City, Missouri. I think. I think the prices are better than being out in OP too. So, any whomst. Overland Park. How far away? Redacted. How, how redacted is in Overland Park. I don't know if I've said my oh. employer's name on here before. <laughs> I think I've avoided it. Yeah, bleep it out, editor. Bleep it out. Oh my god, that's me, Emma. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, it's like, on a really good day, it's like a 17-minute drive to work. On a really bad day, it can be like 32. Oh. Yeah. Like, if I hit... I don't like that it varies that much. If I hit every... Yeah, so I have to leave for work like 35 minutes before. Jeez. And then sometimes I just, like, sit on my phone in my car for a while. <laughs> That's real. I'll put on YouTube sometimes, which I know is bad, but... I listen to it like a podcast. I have, well, I have to let USAA stock me so my car insurance will go down. Right now, if I stay at the same rate that I'm at, when I uh, get to September 10th, um, my my rate will drop by 25% a month, which would, bang, it would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Anywho, so I think we should probably talk about the genre. Yeah, let's do it. So, for those of you who don't know, we do a comparison contrast episode at the end of every month. So, we read three books, all in the same genre, and then at the end of the month, we're like, okay, is this genre good? Is this genre bad? What do we like about it? What do we dislike about it? We'll rank the men. We also, this month, spoiler, we're going to rank the women, um, because... I feel like all of the women, like, actually had personalities and flaws this month. And, like, we could rank them. Um, And then I did remember that uh, we should do Goodreads for every book, but unfortunately I forgot because I was working 61 hours a week and I didn't have that much brain space. So we'll do a little bit of that. And then we end these episodes with recommendations. In the genre, out of the genre, um, anything like that. So we're gonna start with 
what we like about the genre, what we dislike about the genre. I can go first. <laughs> True. <laughs> After I just talked for like three minutes. Um, as I think we kind of agree on this one, so I'll just add on to what you say. As someone who just had to read at this point, seven cartoon romances that she had already read before. Like, I love that I'm saying had to as if it's not, like, my book podcast that, like, (laughs) I am organizing. Thank God that these are all different stories. Like, they follow generally the same arc, but unlike with Hateful Coworker books, which follow the same arc, but also have basically the exact same characters and the exact same plotline and the exact same miscommunication trope over and over and over again. Like, this one, it is all different stories. Like, it can go anywhere. They could have met in childhood. They could have met in college. They could have, like, stayed good friends and never acted on it. Like, they could have never been friends and then acted on it. Like, there's so much to do. Yeah, and I feel like this genre really let Emily Henry and her creativity shine, because I feel like she was very, very creative with all of the setups that she had, like with the college one. Well, I don't know if it was, like, overly creative, but I really liked the vacation one. Like, that was kind of an outside pick. Like, I've never really read anything like that before. I love a broken timeline. I think a broken timeline is really fun, and I think it creates a lot of narrative tension that you don't get in a book where you just, like, meet Poppy and Alex, and then you, like, follow them all the way through. We read two different broken timeline books this month, and I think both of them were really interesting. Agreed. I do think that, like, like, this really is very creative of Emily Henry. She does kind of get stuck in the romance writers are always writing about people working in the publishing or writing industry, <laughs> like, yeah. section, but, like, Augustus is writing some weird shit. <laughs> like, they really do go have sex in the woods outside a cult. That's yeah. weird. Like, it's very different than, like, not to compare it again to Hateful Coworker. I don't really want this episode to turn into a comparing and contrasting Hateful Coworker and Old Flame books, but like the sex in every single one of the Hateful Coworker romances like happened on the timeline you thought it would. Mm. And was like very normal and just like generally kind of lusty, except for the the entire breast in the mouth of it all, but like Yeah, that was pretty crazy. (laughs) I just, I'm doing the goldfish thing again. Like, (laughs) I don't think I'll ever forget that. Like, that's so crystal clear in my mind. But I think that the old flame genre does need more Adam Driver fanfic. Because that, (laughs) even though I'm, like, really not compelled by the hateful coworker genre. You're compelled by Adam Driver? Intriguing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we're all a little compelled by Adam Driver. Well, and he's only 6'2". So here's what we need to understand. I'm speaking directly to you, romance authors. If Adam Driver is only 6'2", you do not need to make every man in all of your books 6'5". Adam Driver looks like that and carries that aura at six foot two. You do not need to have a five foot one protagonist and a six foot five leading man. It does not have to happen. 
I'm getting off my soapbox now. But just, like, think about that. Like, Adam Driver looks like the biggest man in the world. Yeah. No, they're being gratuitous. I agree with you. Okay. (laughs) Is that really all we love about the genre? Is like it's really all I can think of. I've never read a an old flame book. Otherwise, I searched through my entire Goodreads today, and I've never read truly anything like it. So, no, that's what I know. I like. <laughs> I was going through also just to see if I like had anything to recommend, and then I was like thinking my way through my bookshelf. I'm, like, trying to figure out if there were any old flame books. I guess we could also recommend Broken Timeline books. Because that was a lot of what we read. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I have tons of Broken Timeline book recommendations. Because I love them. My favorite Broken Timeline recommendation is Time Traveler's Wife. I've read it, like, three times. It's my favorite romance. romance book. Oh, have you read it? I... Have not yet, because it has only been three weeks since you recommended it to me. I'm... Oh, did I recommend it? Yes. Three on the first episode? Yeah, it's my fave. It's it's really like an Augustus-type character, the main guy. Okay, what other Broken Timeline books have I read? I've literally read so many fucking Broken Timeline books because I love them. I think they're fascinating. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, if you want to read some, like, some silly teen fiction, I also have a broken timeline there. Okay, back to it. What what don't we like? What isn't good? Um, in every book, there was a part that was a little weird <laughs> on the men's part. <laughs> like, are we going to talk about the vasectomy of it all? <laughs> like are we gonna we talk should. about the crazy death cult of it all are we what's wrong with elliot way too intense of a 14 um, year old yeah he's kind of corny don't ask me my favorite word every single time you see me the book we did not talk about this when we talked about love and other words i have <laughs> never read a cornier book ending Yes. She she yes, almost I, ruins the book by ending it that way. <laughs> I tore through that book. I read it in two days, and the ending did not. It did not wow me. So the end of the book it kind of let me down. So the whole book, they like go to Heldsburg, and then they like read together in her closet, and when they see each other again for the first time, like every time when she like goes back and forth from home in Heldsburg. He's, like, favorite word right now, and then they'll say their favorite words to each other, and it gets, like, increasingly lustier as they get increasingly lustier. (laughs) And, like, she never says, like, wet, but she, like, practically does. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the book, he's like, what's your favorite word? And she says, you. And, like, that's how the book ends. (laughs) <laughs> like shut up I wonder if she felt proud of that afterwards she's like damn I killed that <laughs> god I hope not I hope not I hope she was like mm, well sometimes you gotta do that <sighs> It was the rest of the book was enough to save that but damn, that was tough it really was 
Yeah. I feel like there was another thing that was weird of Elliot. Uh, he writes dragon porn. Oh, he saw her for the first time in 10 years and immediately breaks up with his girlfriend. That's too intense. That's very intense. That kind of gave me the ick. That, oh, and that leads us to the ranking of the men. That does. Are we ready? We are going to rank the men. I will say I had a difficult time ranking the men. Like, if we ranked them on, like, which one I would be the most attracted to, I think that maybe changes the ranking for me. Mm. But if we go on, like, what do we know about them from the books and all of their actions? Not just, like, is their vibe good? Like, yeah, maybe it changes. But, like, should we go from, from bottom to top? Sure. Okay, Emma and I think that Elliot is the worst man in these books. He is dead last for me, always. Like, I go back and forth with the other two, but I just, like, I wasn't into him at all. Like, from the beginning, I know in romance books you get to, like, choose how you picture the man, but there was no combination of looks in which I was, like, attracted to this man for some reason. But I think maybe that just happens in romance books where you're like, oh, this man is for me and this one is just, this is not my guy. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find the guy who, no, that's not him. So there's this guy who, um, played Rodimus in Aida. Oh, I found him. I'm sending it to you on Instagram. At my sister's high school, okay. and I thought he was so hot, and every once in a while I look him up on Instagram. My sister has started listening to the pod, so she's going to know too much about him, but I <laughs> I think that, like, this man looks like Elliot, and I also, like, you never get over a crush you had when you were 14 on a man you never actually spoke to, you know? And he does just look have- like a regular white man. I think we have very different tastes in men. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but I, that is so, I pictured I'm so Elliot terrified like. of being like, I'm so terrified of being whacked to you on the pod, but this man is fruity to me. <laughs> I mean, I think that he was gay, but he also yeah. looks like a stereotypical, like, like lots of romance girlies oh. are looking at this man and being like, yeah. I don't like this. Oh, but the the one you sent me is from 2015. Okay, I can. I yeah, can agree with that. I don't. I the outfit he's wearing is very 2015. I know. Pose. I know. So that's what I was seeing at first, but I I understand it. I think I pictured Elliot as taller. Honestly, okay. If anyone's watching Love Is Blind season four, season four, I had to ask Blake which one we're on, but Paul from. Love is Blind is how I've pictured Elliot. Oh, okay. And he kind of gives... Have you been watching? No. Okay. That was a well, crazy episode, thing for me like, to say. Three. Um, I... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I can't watch Love is Blind because um, I watched a couple of episodes of season whatever with Colleen, with Annie, the one who ended up with the guy who, like, let his, like, dog, like, 
like, wouldn't neuter his dog, and so she wouldn't move in with him, but they'd been married for, like, eight months. Oh, yeah, that's the last one. Okay, did you see that on the reunion show? She looked like she was being held hostage. Yes! <laughs> I'm worried about her. That was really scary. Colleen, send us a but sign. I, <laughs> I read an article that it was because on the first couple episodes, she wasn't very well received. Um... And so she was really worried about, like, internet backlash, and she just could not be chill. Like, she thought that she was going to get even more hate. But people ended up liking her later in the series, so then they were like, what? Like, are you not happy in your marriage? And so then that kind of made it worse, because then there was, like, more speculation around her. Oh, that's so interesting. But I think they're... I think they're fine. I just think, like, it's a hiccup right now because, like, their parents are pressuring them to move in together. And they're like, that does not make any financial sense when we both have our own respective leases. Yeah. But. Because then they'd be paying, like, triple rent. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho, I also think that Elliot is last. Um, I do think it's cute that he's a reader, but so is Augustus. And so is Alex. Elliot is also too intense. They never learn anything about each other. Like, Augustus and Alex learn things about their respective romantic interests. Like, they, yeah. they're they like, let me know more about you. Let me hear what you have to think. And Elliot is just like, oh, this is the woman I've been in love with since she was 17. Okay, that's a girl who, like, right. experienced way, like, a ton of personal tragedy, frankly, because of you. Like, mm. true. Elliot is dead last, but if there was not all the personal history, I do think I like would be attracted to him. Yeah, that makes sense. I just really like can't fuck with a corny dude. Like that's actually first and foremost my biggest red flag. Like whatever about the intensity thing. Like break up with your girlfriend. I don't care. But don't. What's your favorite word? Don't be saying those things to me. What's your favorite yeah. word, Emma? What's your word of the week, Emma? Um, hmm. I think my word of the week is irreverent. Okay. Yeah. What's your word of the week? Um, <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it rained all day today and I tried to get my manager to let me go home early because a bunch of other people got to go home early yesterday. And she was like, I let too many people go home early yesterday, and then we didn't have enough hands to do all the work. And then she let me leave 17 minutes early to go buy cat food before I recorded the podcast. (laughs) Whereas other people got to leave, like, five hours early yesterday. Wow. Yeah. I would would have loved to go home five hours early, but nope. Um, Anyway, who's our number two? Um, tentatively, Alex. I'm back but and it, forth on it this. really depends on the day for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I was thinking I could rest him at number two because he has more, like, injuries than Augustus. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have to take like, care of him more. you have to worry about his back spasms. Yeah, he's physically infirm. Yeah, yeah. like, when you're on vacation. When you're on vacation, you have to take a whole day to, like, have him rest for his back spasm. At least a whole day. Like, if he wakes up wrong, then, like, he's out of commission. So that's not great. Augustus didn't have any of that. He could... Did they sleep on the f- on the ground at the colt? Or were they just, like, out there for the day? Well, they did have sex all night, so maybe they never slept. But, like... 
They definitely slept out by the cold. They were, like, in a tent for the night. Yeah. And he was fine. Like, no injuries after that. So, something to consider. I will say, I worry that the miscommunication between Augustus and January, to me, is worse than the miscommunication between Alex and Mace, Poppy, Poppy. I don't know the names of any of these fucking yes, women. You're right. I had to look up every single one of them to be able to rank them. <laughs> I'm not yeah. kidding. I looked up every single one of these books on Libby to try to figure out what any of these women's names are. I think maybe Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I think maybe I need to be getting more sleep. <laughs> but um here are my thoughts. So let's remind Let's remind the listeners of the miscommunication. So Augustus and January's miscommunication is that they are finally together, have agreed to be together, and then Augustus's ex-wife shows up at the bookshop and he, like, goes AWOL for, like, three days. He just, like, disappears and she finds the letters from her dad and is so upset and they, like, aren't really speaking to each other. And, like, Augustus thinking he is not worthy of January, plus his, like, flight response, that is worrying to me for the future of their relationship. That is, like, deep-seated shit in in Augustus. Like, he's not just gonna shake that because he has the love of a good woman. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's, like, he's married still. Which, like, I do think that Emily Henry was trying to say something about the fact that, like, other women exist, but, like, not always in, like, a horrific way. Like, January is technically the other woman to Augustus's current wife, except not in the same way that Sonia was the other woman to January's mother. Like, I think that Emily Henry, in both of her books that we read, was really trying to be like, what if we considered nuance? Mm -hmm. What if we thought about it? Oh, that might flip these for me, Emma. Alex might be my number one. I know. Now I'm thinking that. Okay, because what I really like and what I look for in a relationship is stability. And I liked Augustus. I thought he was interesting and fun and smart. But I would not like the inconsistency and the lack of communication um, and, like, the mysteriousness. It's just, like, a little bit too much. Like, him coming back and, like, he has his tattoo all the way filled in. It was, like, a Mobius strip or something. And he came back and it was, like, all blacked out. It's like, dude, what are you up to? Like, that's not really my favorite thing. But Alex, like, he's straightforward. You know what's going on with him. Like, you can depend on him. And I like that. We need to rank the percent chance of the relationships making it. Oh, yeah. Good idea. So do we want to rank the women first? And then go in on the percent chance of the relationships making it? Because... I don't think that our rankings of the men, like, I, I gotta tell ya, no, that's a spoiler for the percent chance of the relationships making it. Let's talk about the gals. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you agree with my rankings? So my number one is Poppy of people we meet on vacation. I disagree. I think Poppy is so annoying. I just cannot imagine being that bad of a communicator. <laughs> For, like, no reason. Same. Like, she <laughs> literally is just like, I was a weird kid, and that made me all alone in the world, and I'm obsessed with being all alone in the world. It's kind of my whole vibe, except for Alex. Like, go to therapy. Yeah. So my reasoning was January's the last place because um, she has the worst name. And then Macy, uh, I don't know. She's like a, she doesn't seem like super like passionate about any of the decisions that she's making besides Elliot, like her being with her fiance and she like does not care about him. Like, I feel like that kind of uh, like blocked me from really like getting attached to her for a good chunk of the book. But like, I understand why she was like that. She was just kind of floating through life because of her grief, but I just don't feel as connected to her. And so then in comparison, Poppy was number one because she was funnier than Macy and she had like more of an, I don't, or more of like a path that I could follow. I think I just really can't relate to like people who choose to be doctors and stuff. <laughs> like I, I relate more to like the writer and the like travel blogger or whatever i i think i'm being harsh on january i think she's actually the number one i just i don't know i've seen january jones be like some terrible characters too and so that's like in my head it's the worst name absolutely yeah however i think that she i don't know i think she might be the best woman because Poppy doesn't really grow and change that much, and the growing and changing that she does is, like, she learns to be, like, a little less selfish, and she, like, I don't know, she is, like, really awful to Alex and, like, manipulative to get him on that vacation, whereas, like, January, like, goes through her grief and, like, figures some stuff out. I think, I do think Macy is second. However, getting back together with Elliot doesn't change anything for her. Yeah. She, like, gets to experience love, which I guess is a big deal. (laughs) But she also, like, keeps her same job and has her same debt. And, like, she, all of the growing and changing and grieving she did as a young adult woman, like, Elliot was not there for. I just don't believe that Macy and Elliot, like, are the same people that they were when they were 17. I just, getting on my soapbox about that again, which I think transitions us into ranking the percent chance of the relationships making it. I have a very hot take. (laughs) I think the number one relationship that will make it is Macy and Elliot, and it's because Macy is like, too damaged to ever leave that relationship again. Oh, that is a hot take. I think they're, like, trauma-bonded together. Like, they've known each other for too long. And also, like, within the text, she's 
extremely obsessed with him. Like no other man has ever compared to Elliot. So I just don't see that ever being broken up. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty good chances in my eyes. I don't know. I'm like kind of like dumb and like gullible or that's not the right word, but like I believe any relationship can work. So for all of them, I'm like, oh my God, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, well, if we look at it in a, I think in a romance book, of course they make it. I think that Augustus and January are second. And I think that Poppy and Alex were not together for that long because they shouldn't have been together. They wanted very different things out of life. Yeah, and I could tell that he was he was hurt every time she was like, I hate Indiana. Like, I hate being here. And he was like, I know you hate being here. You say it all the time. And it's like, that's his town. That's where he teaches. Like, and she wasn't very invested in, like, his career. And, like, whenever you're a teacher, you're very connected to, like, your kids. And, like, that's a very emotional career to have. So I didn't really like how she was not very interested in his life. And, but then, like, her she like kind of seemed to think that her life was like a lot more interesting than his and that he's like I don't know he should know about her career but she shouldn't be interested in his I wasn't a big fan of that and I don't think that that's very like that's I don't know if that bodes well for the future of the relationship you can't be with someone and not be with all of them and, yes. like, January wanted to be with Summertime Alex, but she didn't want to be with Year-Round Alex. And, like, Year-Round Alex is the Alex that always exists. Like, Year-Round Alex mm-hmm. has grading to do and loves to go to the gym every day and loves to follow a routine. And, like, Poppy doesn't really want any of that. Poppy! excuse my yawn once again, would absolutely (laughs) use the term sports ball. And I know Alex cares about sports. By his everything vibe. And I will say, not to give men a platform on this podcast. (laughs) Sam was right. Sports ball is the stupidest thing in the world. (laughs) Like, you're right. Like, over half the world cares about at least one athlete like yeah it's fun it's fun calling it uh, sports ball needs to go back to 2012 and fucking stay there like seriously you can't tell me that you don't care about the olympics when they come around you can't tell me not like i don't i i am crying at the stupidest olympics sport (laughs) i sometimes emma when i'm sad and everyone you all can look this up i look up jesse diggins Wins gold, Sochi 2014. And I watch, uh, uh, it makes me cry. It's a tandem cross country ski race. Ooh, and her partner, her partner has finished a 5K. <laughs> and Jesse Diggins, Jesse Diggins is one of my favorite athletes in the US. She collapses every time she crosses the finish line. I mean, she is absolutely just cooking. Anytime she's on a course, she never gives up. She's always through the line. She always looks so exhausted. It's so crazy. And she, like, you just hear the announcer screaming and here comes Diggins. 
and you can tell that she's giving like every single thing she has in the entire world. You should look it up. It's, it's, Bailey, please add this to the Instagram. <laughs> please, please take a screenshot <laughs> of, and here comes Diggins. Um, but like, that is not sports ball. Fuck off. Like, okay. So, let's just go through our ranking. So, the men, we agree, still Augustus, Alex, Elliot. I don't know. I think Alex might be number one for me. Okay. I I think that, but that's, like, a personal thing. Like, I can't be objective. Like, that's just, I'm ranking this for me and my life. And because you think he looks like a scars guard. Eh. I don't know. If it comes to that, then Augustus is number one for me. Which means, like, wait, am I, like, not shallow? (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, the women, we're just, I, we're just in a disagreement about, we also don't agree. No, I, I flipped January and Poppy. I think Poppy is third. Okay. Uh, I think my reasoning on the women was kind of flawed. <laughs> That's okay. We didn't work on the outline until like 8.15 p.m. And it is 9 p.m. now. So. And then percent yeah. chance of the relationships <laughs> making it. Number one, Elliot and Macy. Number two, Augustus in January. And number three, Alex. Alex and Poppy. And Poppy. Just, it's not going to work. Okay, guys, we realized that we didn't do any of the Goodreads because I forgot. So we're going to start with Beach Read (laughs) and just read some of the funny ones and then ask ourselves, as we do after reading every Goodreads, who's writing these? Like, who is taking... Tucker, have you ever read... Have you ever written a Goodreads review? No, I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even do ratings all of the time. It's very rare. Wow. I did write a review for Wicked um, in, like, 2017 <gasps> because it was so bad. <laughs> that makes sense. But I think that's my only review. Ah, maybe I have one or two. Okay. Do you want to start with Beach Read? Or did I, sure. did I put, no, you put in the Beach Read ones. I did Beach Read. So one that I thought was funny is I couldn't stop reading January and Gus's growing attraction, their struggles to open up, and their scares not to get hurt, their stupid and childish actions towards each other. Yes, I had some many awe and sighing moments. My husband thought I was secretly ordering ordering cases of French wines because I smiled so much, and I got appointment from the surgeon because it glued to my face, and I'm looking like worst version of Joker right now. I cannot stop. (laughs) I mean, I will say January and Gus are cute. Like, this is a cute book. Yeah. It seemed like real, like, it felt like authentic banter to me. So I <laughs> I get where she's coming from. Yeah. Someone had a very different experience, though. Yeah. So another person said, for one, I didn't feel any chemistry between January and Gus. Nothing. Their interactions are so awkward and stilted. It was almost painful. They'll, they'll say mundane and platonic things to each other. Then sporadically, January will remind us that he is filling her abdomen or pulling between her legs. And I'm like, I can't imagine how two people can possibly fall in love or lust while saying such bland things to each other. 
Which I guess. She's the writer here. I don't know. The writer here is right that like this this has become my problem with a lot of these romance books because I've read so many in a row. Is like people are feeling such crazy amounts of lust in these books. Yeah. Like she's like looking at Augustus and she's like, oh my god. And like when you look at someone and think that they're attractive, you're not, like, instantly butterflies in your stomach. Like, every hottie you see does not give you butterflies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I disagree with her. I also don't think that they're saying bland things to each other, though. Like, that is how you build rapport. That is how you, like, build talking to someone. Yeah. And I do, I think, like, they both have a more dry humor as well. And so I think that's why she wasn't picking up on the chemistry, because she, like, wasn't understanding, like, their humor towards each other. Yeah, that's a good thought. I think also, like, maybe this is the kind of person who, like, doesn't understand that writing is a full-time job. So, like, maybe she thinks that they're, like, being bland and they should have spent more time together because she didn't understand how hard it is to write a book. And, like, they really did need to, like, just, like, write notes to each other while they were, like, having their work day. That's a good point. I don't know. I just disagree with her. I thought that they were silly together. And, like, being silly together is fun. You should want to be silly with a partner. Yeah, maybe this just means, like, I think I'm a more, like, dry, sometimes, like, borderline bland kind of person. Like, (laughs) so maybe I just, like, I related to this more. And, like, the dates that they're going on are fun. Like, going to a line dancing bar is probably fun. Like, going to the fair is fun. That's what I do at home. Like... For people, like, I don't know, going to a drive-in and getting caught by someone and getting kicked out because you were making (laughs) out as, like, a 29-year-old, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. I will say it has the second highest Goodreads review of the three books we read, which is a 4.03. People We Meet on Vacation only has a 3.92. I only have one review. Romance books are so personal. What works for one person doesn't always work for another. Usually we are drawn to the stories that remind us of ourselves and our love language. And this is a case where the longer the book went on, the less I could see myself in Poppy. Still, other than the drawn-out ending, I very much enjoyed this story. It was such a fun and funny romance with its jet-setting and vacation-y scenes. It makes me want to pack a bag, fly somewhere tropical, and sit on a beach with one of those little drinks with an umbrella in it. And in that respect, this book hits the perfect spot. I think the reason that I chose this one was because, um, and this is a case where the longer the book went on, the less I could see myself in Poppy is right. Like, I don't really love that in both, in like two out of three old flame books we read, they like had sex, agreed they loved each other. And then immediately, like, quasi broke up. Like, we've already gone through all of the work of getting them together through, like, a years-long process. We're, like, also gonna, gonna break them up again. I don't know. 
Yeah, that was kind of exhausting. Well, and that's... But I do agree. Go ahead. Well, I agree with, like, her thing about it being very personal and, like, I guess I'm I'm getting away from your point so we can return back to it but i did enjoy the vacation scenes and it did feel very authentic because like i really believe in like travel chemistry and like airport chemistry like if you don't have like that agreement with someone <laughs> and like if you don't travel well together it's never going to work out and there were some like bumps in the, in the road like they tried to go to some museum or something and it was closed. And instead of it, like she got frustrated and he like calmed her down and was like, okay, it's no big deal. Let's just like go back to the hotel. Like, I think that was one of my favorite aspects, like them working well together, even in like stressful situations, like traveling. Do you and Blake travel well together? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. One time we went to um, Branson to see Garth Brooks, and we shared a hotel room with his parents and grandparents. Oh and my we god! Slept on an air mattress, <laughs> but it was good. It was really fun. And we got locked out of the hotel room because his parents were caught in the like they parked really close to the venue, but um they got caught in a really bad like traffic thing like it was the the grand opening of the um big cedar like amphitheater thing but there's like articles about how they the way they set it up the parking situation is just a nightmare so they were caught in traffic for like four hours (gasps) trying to get out of the park and so we just had we got out immediately and so we just had to wait for them to come back and it was like midnight or one o'clock and this is when i was baking so i was waking up super early and i was struggling but it ended up being fine we like went into his um like family friends hotel room and like fell asleep on the couch eventually but yeah there were definitely some bumps (laughs) in that trip but what about you and sam We went to New Orleans in February, and it went really, really well. We figured out, like, we would, like, do, like, a big activity in the morning. So we would, like, go to the zoo or go to the botanical gardens or go to – oh, what did we do on the second day? Oh, the World War I Museum. And, like (laughs) – oh, no, it's World War II. World War I is in Kansas City. Not the best museum I've ever been to, but I think it's because, um, not to brag, but I really had my middle-aged white man phase in high school when I wasn't sleeping, and I would, like, read <laughs> about World War II, and I know so fucking much about World War II now, but I, like, went to the World War II museum, and I just don't really care about, like, looking at guns. Like, I want to look at planes, and I want to look at boats, but I don't really want to see the weaponry, like, that doesn't really bother me. Or, like, not really, is not really something I care about. And so we went to this museum, and I was like, okay, tell me more. Like, I already know that. So, like... That's fair. It wasn't a super, super impressive museum to me, but I think it's just because, like, I've read probably, like, a lot of the same... I've read a lot of, like, secondary documents about World War II, and I'm assuming, like, all the primary documents that I was, like, seeing in there were either, like written about by the historians I've already read. Like, here's how you can tell that I've read way too much about World War II, Emma, is I had read 75% of the books that they had in the gift shop. 
Oh my god. As like definitive works. That is a humble brag. I'm actually really impressed. Well, they only they didn't have that many books in the gift shop, but I had read most of them. <laughs> like it wasn't like they had a library of World War II books, but like the de- they carried a lot of the definitive works and I have read most of them. So like That's extremely impressive. So like I went to the museum and I was like mm. Um, but we would, like, do a big activity in the morning, and then we would go find lunch, and me- both of us were kind of like, yeah, we know we're supposed to be eating Cajun food and, like, really getting that Louisiana feel, but, like, one of the days we went to, like, a local grilled cheese restaurant that, like, brought all their cheese in locally, like, from farms near and around New Orleans, and, like, had, like, big salads and really yummy sandwiches, and, like, that banged. Um... And then in the afternoon, we would, like, find a coffee shop or go for a really long walk and, like, see some sights and, like, read on our Kindles for, like, an hour. And, like, it was awesome. Like, vacation is supposed to be restful. And I think we're both on the same page about that, which is really awesome. That sounds nice. And it sounds like you both are comfortable with being silent together, which is such a huge thing. Like, I cannot be with someone who has to be talking the entire time. (laughs) Sam took these pictures of me at a coffee shop that he was definitely, like, trying to get candids of me reading, like, cute ones. But I, like, don't look cute when I read. Really? No! Oh, my God. you're a photogenic person otherwise. Oh, I don't feel that way, but I think that's just mental illness. Yeah, probably. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like sometimes I'm like accidentally kind of like whack on the pod. And I think like, because I knew you whenever I was so young, um, like my shitsterness <laughs> comes out from the past. Um, okay, I just sent you two pictures of me reading a book at this coffee shop. I bought an apple because I was so desperate for a nutrient. <laughs> for a nutrient. You know when you're on vacation and you're like, I would kill a man for a piece of lettuce. Or like a carrot. Or like, oh, if someone like gave me some green beans right now, holy shit, I'd yes. go ham. Like, That's where I was at by day three in New Orleans is I was like, I'm begging you to give me a vegetable. I think the first picture is cute, but the second one you're just mid-chew, which is not the most flattering. But but I think you're focusing in on it too much. But I mean, to be fair, you do do things very intensely. Like you are very intently reading that Kindle. That's true. That's true. I don't remember what I was reading. I remember that Sam was reading the first book in The Expanse, which is, like, a pretty dense sci-fi series, and I was, like, reading junky little rom-coms, so I'd be like, how's The Expanse going? And he'd be like, I'm, like, 35% in, and I would be like, cool, I just finished another book, and I'm starting another one. And he was like, how the fuck are you doing that? That's funny. Okay. Love in Other Words is our highest rated book. Uh, I have one review that simply says, I will never find love like this. Okay. And then (laughs) I also have one that says, um, and this is kind of how I felt about the mis- Oh, here. This actually, this, I'll read the whole thing. Being brave. 
even during their super emotional, and not really super emotional, because they obviously had to have sex outside before this, and we're talking about half of the things that kept them apart while Elliot still had his dick inside her, which was very awkward, because at one point he was like, I never wanted to be inside another woman, only you, and then they made me believe he actually cheated on her, but we'll get to that. Anyway, fantastic conversation to have while his limp dick is still inside. LMAO, remember when you thought I slept with another girl and then didn't talk to me for 11 years? What do you mean there's actually more? Even during that, Macy is like, let's talk tomorrow. No, bitch, just fucking have this conversation now. My days on this planet are limited. You are wasting my time. And then she actually left? We really had to drag this drama out, huh? It does take too long for her to tell Elliot about her dad. And it does make the book less of a romance and more of a horror. (laughs) I never thought about it that way. Like, it... It is true that, like, she... Like, the whole cheating thing happened and then, like, her dad died the next day. So maybe she should have a little bit more urgency when, like, having an important conversation with him. Yeah, like, that... That is the thing that is going to kill or keep their relationship. And, like, the writer of this review was right. Six months. They met again, and it took her six months. Also, Elliot should have been nosy. Elliot, why are you not looking up little articles about Duncan? Like, it definitely made some sort of newspaper or some sort of news and is archived somewhere. Like... I'm sorry, if I found out, like, a, like, paternal figure in my life died and, like, their child would not tell me what had happened, like, I would be looking it up so that I didn't, like, put my foot in my mouth or do something stupid or, like, pressure you to get into a car when I know you don't ride in cars anymore because your dad died in a car accident. Like... I don't know. Seems like Elliot is so obsessed with being in a relationship with Macy, but he doesn't relay any of the groundwork. He just assumes the groundwork from when they're 17 is going to come back again. Yeah. I guess I, I was really worried about recording this episode today because I was, like, trying to work on the outline during lunch, and I was like, I literally don't have any thoughts. But it turns out I I have a lot of them. (laughs) I didn't even know there was an outline. I made a I made a list in my phone notes of like all of the romance books that I have read since the beginning of my Goodreads account. Oh god. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do we wanna get into Rex speaking of all the books you've ever read on Goodreads? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna start with just old flame romances. So the two recommendations that I have are actually by the same authors that we read before. I just read one some ca- called Something Wilder by Christina Warren. It ends up being a little bit of a Wild West murder mystery, which is kind of fun, but it's also an old flame romance and like set in modern day. Um, she's a cowgirl. He's trying to figure out what went wrong that summer they were together a decade ago and how his life became this way. Very fun, very cute. I read it in a morning. 
And then, of course, oh. well, kind of, I have been kind reading of a, a lot of shitty romances, Emma. <laughs> I can cook my way through one of those fast. Yes. Your, your brain's wired for this. My brain is wired for this. If you put a piece of World War II nonfiction in front of my eyes right now, it would take me three months to get through it. <laughs> um, And then Happy Place by Emily Henry. This book had me weeping. It's the book that Emma and I were talking about that's, like, all about a breakup. Um, And I think in the way that Emily Henry is always writing, like, it is really about, like, growing up and how you change. And, like, all of the things that I was frustrated about with Love and Other Words and the way that they don't really ever adjust the fact that they were 17 and now they're 27 like they kind of address growing and changing and all and career decision making and things like that in a way that was really satisfying to me so those are my two like solid romance wrecks here's my kind of let's fudge them into the category wrecks i at times really like taylor jenkins reed And the first book of hers that I read that I loved from cover to cover, not just from the middle part that doesn't have the weird framing device, um, was Carrie Soto is Back, which is about tennis. And it's all about Carrie Soto, who held the title for highest number of Grand Slams in the set in the 90s. Um, She had to set it pre Serena and Venus Williams to like make the plot work. And it's all about, like, perfectionism and growth and coming back from injury. And she dated a guy in the, like, 70s, like, late 70s, and then, like, went on to have a tennis career. And his, it is kind of about, like, what it is to finally be willing to accept love later in life and, like, wondering if you've burnt all your bridges already. But I will say the romance is not the main part of this book. The main part of this book is tennis. And, like, her relationship with her father. And, like, that is so special. Love that. You, Emma, I think you would really like it. I would. I, I think I'm I would. recommending it to you specifically. I love tennis media. I loved King Richard, the movie. Um, About... Serena and Venus's dad. Yeah, I will say Sam and I were kind of shocked by the runtime. Like, we got like an hour and a half into it, and we paused it, and we were like, we have to be almost done, right? This is so good, but like, it's almost done, right? And we had another hour left, and we were like, oh my <laughs> god. Um, yeah, I saw it in theaters, and I was like, dying of hunger at the end. Um, my second recommendation, also for Emma, is Emma by Jane Austen. Um, and I will say my show notes say that my sister has started listening and she is really going to be shaking my head at me for saying that, shaking her head at me for saying this, but, like, I think that, like, Mr. Knightley is an old flame. Or at least an old friend. And I think sometimes that is enough. Like, in the same way that Alex was not an old flame, he was, like, her dearest, oldest friend that grew into something more. If you are looking for, like, a non-cartoon cover romance that, like, 
has personal growth and, like, kind of silly relationships, I think Emma is a great recommendation. Like, if you don't want to read a cartoon cover romance, there are non-cartoon cover romances that you can read. Okay, Emma, what you got? Um, my recommendation is Crying in H-Bar. I think I've talked about it in every episode of the pod so far, so I think everyone should read it. But I think that it's a really good account of, like, talking about grief, and it's specifically with, like, losing your mother, which is, like, well, I guess um, the last book we read was kind of about that, so... I don't know. I don't really, I haven't read a lot of cartoon, cartoon, um, romance books, so I don't have a lot to add, but this is one of my favorite books. My other recommendation is Time Traveler's Wife. That's like another broken timeline book. Um, and me and Tucker are both fans of that kind of format. So it's, you can literally find it at any thrift store. I've found it like a million times, but. And yeah, it kind of has a similar um, love interest to Augustus, like kind of like an intellectual, like tall man. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. Um, Other Broken Timeline books, I will say these are all books that I own, if that tells you anything about them. Um, I'll start with my two books that maybe are not as mainstream. I love this YA book called Jellicoe Road. I have read it so many times. I do love it. I reread it, though, as a 25-year-old, and it is really cheesy, but I think that it is sweet. Um, It's by... God, what's her name? She also wrote Saving Francesca, which is one of my favorite books, too. Um, okay, I don't know her name anymore. Sorry, I probably knew it before this spring. Um, and then another Broken Timeline book. Mm, I'm trying to remember if this is a Broken Timeline. I don't think it is. I'm taking it off the list. Uh, the three other Broken Timeline books that if you haven't read, I would really recommend reading. Homegoing by Yagiasi. Um, In the Time of the Butterflies by Julia Alvarez, and then Pachinko, which is by um, Min Jin Lee, um, all of which are not about white people, which is kind of fun to not be reading books about white people after these two months. Um, <laughs> in the Time of the Butterflies is about... Three sisters um, living in, I believe, the Dominican Republic. Two of them make it through, or one of them makes it through a violent revolution, and two of them do not. Um, and it's all about, like, leading them to that point. Um, that's not a great description of it. I think they are actually political assassinations. Um... And then, I'm doing a bad job of describing these. I'm going to stop because I'm not going to make it any better. Here's what I'll say. All three of these books, I recommend to people all the time. I do love them. Pachinko has a new Apple TV series out where the grandmother in the book is played by the woman who played the grandmother in 
oh, that movie about the farm in Arkansas where she played his grandma and everyone thought she was very funny. Am I describing it well? It had Steven Yun in it. Hello? I'm gonna look it up. Um, Beef? No, <laughs> no, no. That's a... That's... I think that's the only thing I... Like, only oh, TV Minari. show I know him from. Minari. Oh, I'm not familiar. Minari was a beautiful movie. I, I really... It was sad, though. Um... That's the thing about those Oscar movies, is they really are out here saying, like, this movie made me feel so many things. Yeah, the things are sad. They made you feel sad. <laughs> sad is not the only emotion. Yeah. Anywho, so I feel like we leave it with that. Sad is not the only emotion. You can follow us on Instagram <laughs> at English Majors Pod. <laughs> um, you can... <laughs> How's that for a transition? Um, <laughs> you can email us at email. That was masterful. <laughs> you can email us at englishmajorspod at gmail.com. Um, next month is the long anticipated Sally Rooney month. We're starting Yay! with conversations with friends. My roommate from college, Jess, will be on. Um, yeah, I think that's about what I've got. Emma, do you wanna, you wanna plug anything? Um, go on Jiu-Jitsu's bio on Instagram and check out the link to Josh's jersey. Um, yeah, his favorite jersey was the Tsunami B, um, pink one, so it's in purple. And that's all I have to plug. What? And proceeds go to Josh's funeral. Um, for those of you who don't know, Emma and I went to Truman State University, and the men's ultimate frisbee team is called Jiu-Jitsu, and Jiu-Jitsu lost a player this week in a car accident named Josh, and so they are raising proceeds for his funeral, which is very, very sad, and we're sad it happened. So, okay. Emma, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Tucker. And I'm sure that got me out of my reading slump. Oh, hey, so I appreciate there it. There we go. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye. Bye.